Welcome to the Get Real Podcast with me, Cameron. And me, Justin. If you want a podcast that talks about sports, media, fashion, and everything in between, you're in the right place. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the NBA playoffs so far and how we think the outcome of the second round will be. Yeah, honestly, I just miss the playoffs. I mean, when the bubble came... I really realized how much the NBA playoffs were like an amazing thing because it was just so awkward watching the bubble and you just it's just almost dead silence like you have everybody on the court yelling and stuff and you have the commentators like speaking and everything but it's just so quiet like you can feel the quietness when you're watching and it was just kind of awkward to be honest. Yeah, you honestly don't really notice the difference the fans make until they're gone, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. especially with the Knicks, the Knicks series, you see how loud Madison Square Garden was? It's crazy. That's what happens when your team doesn't make the playoffs for like eight years. But, yeah, like, it really makes a difference. I think the culture of basketball really isn't the same without fans either. Most definitely. Um... But, yeah, so I just wanted to take a look at the first round. What shocked you the most about the first round? I mean, the thing that shocked me the most about the first round was probably the Heat getting swept. I expected them to steal, like, at least a game or two, maybe. Right. Especially yeah. coming off last season in the bubble. But, I mean, that might just be what the bubble did. I mean, the Heat were able to make it all the way to the finals last year. Right, and I just, the Heat's offense looked distorted, disorganized, it just looked really bad, like, Butler went one game, like, like, four for 22 or something like that, had, like, 12 points, and he's supposed to be their best player, and coming this season, he's gonna be trying to sign another max contract with the Miami Heat, but he puts up a playoff performance like that. So I'm very interested to see how the future of the Heat will be going forward. Yeah, honestly, like, they didn't really make that many offseason moves last year. They more lost players like Jay Crowder. Look at Jay Crowder now on the Suns doing big things He's for them. He's doing they're, really good, yeah. They're over there making the Western Conference Finals ready. And the Bucks, you know, they made huge trades. They acquired Drew Holiday. I mean, they got rid of Eric Bledsoe. I'm, that's a good thing for them, honestly. And they have a big three now, I'm going to be honest. Drew Holiday, Middleton, Giannis. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to beat a team that got even better. Yeah. And it, I think they finally have the spacing. That's another thing. Is uh, I think you also have to give credit to Milwaukee because I think their offense is a lot better. I think Chris Middleton has also become more comfortable in that second option scoring role, especially. Um, yeah, he definitely came up big for them. I mean, he had that one game winner on the, the right oh, wing. That was insane. That was insane. Like, right at the buzzer. T yeah, that was that was a crazy shot. And then you have Trey Young going up against New York. And, I mean... Man, he was the villain in that series, like literally. Yeah, man, I I love villains. I'm gonna be honest with you. 
So I was loving it when he said, we'll see you in the A. Like, that got me amped up. I mean, you saw the Atlanta fans. They were, dude, they were going crazy. Crazy, crazy. And then I think it really just, I'm surprised with how good the Hawks are. Because initially, like, I saw the moves they made in the offseason. I was like, okay, like, the Hawks are going to make the playoffs. Like, they're going to be a playoff team. But I wasn't expecting them to now be competing to get in the conference finals. Yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't yeah. even ex- uh, expect them to be ahead of the series against the Sixers, you know? I yeah. mean, Trey Young is, he's a star, man. He's the, definitely a big part of the future of the league. So, I mean, he's already leading the way, honestly. And then, you know, you have the, the Lakers going out early. What is, do you think the Lakers did with, they were expected to do or do you think it was it was a flop for the Lakers? Um I don't think it was a flop, but I also think they didn't do what we expected, you know? I mean LeBron came in, said we're gonna go back, do what right. he does yeah. usually. But I mean injuries have been a common trend trend throughout this whole playoff run, throughout this whole season actually. And the Lakers were just plagued with injuries, you know. I mean, first of all, we got LeBron with his ankle. We got AD. We got KCP. I mean, I mean, there's even more to name, but that's just three people that actually contribute to their offense and on the defensive side that they lost, you know? Yeah, and I think also, um, I think we're really seeing the, the change of LeBron's play style on this Lakers team because this isn't... Ca- Cavs LeBron where he's gonna drop 40 points with eight assists and like nine rebounds like it's not that I don't think he's that type of player anymore he has to be the playmaker for the team yeah he's not a player that could put in those 48 minutes for you anymore yeah I mean you're starting to see his age really show and people really were sleeping on the Suns I'm telling you the Suns Honestly, came out and they shocked yeah. the world as like an Arizona State student, uh, it's really refreshing to see the Suns doing well. Like, you got Chris Paul playing like he's 25 again, you know, dropping 30 in multiple playoff games and really leading them. He wasn't as much of a big factor in this series as he was in the second round, but it's really impressive to see how cohesive the Suns have been in the playoffs. I mean, you got McCow. Who's really showing his talent as a three and D I mean, player? Cameron Payne. You can't forget about Cameron Payne either. Who would have thought Cameron Payne would have stepped up when Chris Paul went down? He went from dancing on the sideline to actually making big plays. I'm gonna be honest. I to didn't dance on the court. I didn't even think he he had it in. Right, right. And then you got DeAndre Ayton, who was putting up crazy numbers, really. Yeah, he was really the foundation for the Suns. If I they agree. didn't have Aiden, yeah. they wouldn't have been they wouldn't be where they are right now. Because I mean, he was over there dominating. Literally dominating. He had A D on him and Drummond. What was Drummond doing? Nothing. No and I think that really kind of speaks to, you know, his value as a player. You know, he can grab rebounds and everything, but his effectiveness as a player, Drummond that is I think really is being shown because of his lack of impact on that series. 100%. And then, you know, I just wanted to lightly brush over that 
the Grizzlies versus Jazz series. John Morant, he's he's gonna be a superstar in this league. Oh, hands down. I mean, I feel like everyone already knew that, but um, I mean, they didn't have Donovan Mitchell in the first game, and they actually beat them. Like the the I did not expect the Grizzlies to actually go out and win a game against and the steal Jazz. Steal a game, right? And I think. Uh, Jaw's leadership on that team really shows that he's starting to grow into a very dependable player, and I'm very interested to see how he grows in the next few seasons. Yeah, I need to see Jaron Jackson stay healthy and see what that team could actually go and do. Right, right. And then, you know, you got the the Nets versus the Celtics. I mean, what a heartbreaker for Boston, man. I don't think it's a heartbreaker because they were going against an actual semi-healthy super team. But, oh my goodness. Jason Tatum, superstar nice. that man. Superstar he's a, he's that nice. man. He's nice. And he was he was just he was putting up his numbers. He was doing his job. Like, I think, you know, he had some struggles in the season, especially in terms of efficiency, but he's starting to really turn it around and be a leader for that team. And then, you know, recently you have Brad Stevens taking the helm in in place of Danny Ainge. Mm -hmm. And just yesterday evening, you have, you know, Kemba going to the Thunder for Moses Brown and, and Al Horford. So Al Horford's going back to Boston, and you got to depend dependable rebounder and defender in Moses Brown. I think that was a pretty good move for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jason Tatum, he's just, we're just going to keep seeing him prosper and grow as a player. Every single year, I feel like he's just going out and showing out what, what more he has in his bag, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, you got the Nuggets versus Blazers. That was, Dame needs to get out of Portland. That's all I'm gonna say. Dame needs to get out of Portland. I don't. I don't think there's anything in Portland for him, competitive wise, that should keep him there. I think he needs to find a new scenery. Yeah, and I also, but like, thing is, I don't really see him as a player that would that, that would do be, that. Yeah, that would. He's a really loyal guy, you know. Like, you could just look at him and I just gives feel off like loyal vibes. It's gonna bite him in the back. Looking back, because it's like. There's a lot of teams that would mm-hmm. that he'd be a good fit for. Like even Boston, like the Tatum and and Lillard alone would be a contending team. And then you would have Brown and all these other pieces. So I think he should really consider, you know, making that team change. But anyway, and then the Mavericks versus the Clippers. Luca is a monster. And He's top five to me, no doubt, because his impact on the floor as a point guard really showed in that series. I mean, if you really think about it, the Mavericks were not really supposed to be in the series with the Clippers. I mean, I don't know if he's top five for me yet, but he's definitely top 10, top eight, you know, but... He really did go out and he was like, dude, I'm next. I'm next. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out next year and wins an MVP. I mean, a lot of people had him as like one of the finalists for this year and it didn't really happen. But 
I really think, you know, Luca's going to lead a bright future. And then with Dallas. them getting a new coach, too. Yeah. I mean, if he finds the right system for him, right players around him. I mean, I feel like Porzingis, he's good. He's not getting opportunities. I feel like he's getting a lot of slander right now. But I've seen multiple clips of him just actually being open. I actually haven't. I mean, like, I know he, he goes out and bricks. He goes, like, one for seven, like, from three. But I still feel like if you keep feeding him these opportunities, he's going to be following through. I think he just needs time. And honestly, the the offense they were running, it was like almost like a James Harden offense where everybody's kind of spaced out and gives Luka room to work. But I honestly think that's a mistake. I think there should be more post pick and roll action and post up action for Porzingis to make him more effective as a player. Yeah, and what really impressed me with the Mavs is um Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh yeah. He's he's an animal. He he was shooting the lights out. The lights out and I putting up crazy numbers. He's really improved from his first years. In New York, I think as a player, he's a lot more refined. And I think in that series, it really showed. Um, But now for the second round, I wanted to quickly go over, you know, the Nuggets, man. You got Murray going down in that series. I mean, he was already down, but... And, well, that's true. But I'm just saying... They really felt his absence in that series against uh, Phoenix because it was like, you know, Porter in the first. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Porter in the first series, he went off. Like, he went crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody was like, that's mini Durant or something. Like, he was really doing his work. But then in the second round, it was like he just stopped playing. But I think part of his problem is he's too excited to shoot the ball. He is so focused on the basket. It's insane. Like, I've seen clips of him also just straight up. He catches the ball, shoots instantly. He can make one extra pass, and that offense is way better. Yeah, so the Nuggets have a lot to work out in this offseason, but that that absence of Murray really hurt them in the second round. Um, and and then in, that, in that series, I mean, Devin Booker again, just showing out that man. Yeah, we we didn't even get to talk about Devin Booker. Devin Booker, he's he's really shown that he is a star in this league, but more importantly, I think it shows how much a good team around a player like Devin Booker can be a game changer for him, especially his narrative. Because people were saying, you know, Devin Booker's good, he can score, but he can't win. And I think this year has really starting to change that kind of narrative for him. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I remember beginning of the season, Draymond Green was literally like, get that man a better team. Get that man off the Suns. I mean, look at it now. Yeah. Where's Draymond Green? <laughs> on <laughs> a broadcast crew. Yeah. He's on, he's on TNT. I'm a Warriors fan, by the way, so I'm not dissing. <laughs> but. but, yeah, I mean, shoot. Booker, he's nice. And then, you know, it's very interesting. The Bucks versus Nets series, it started off with people saying, shoot, the Nets are unfair. The Bucks are about to go home. You know, 
it did not look good for Milwaukee. But then they turned it around and they have a three all series. Yeah, but at the same time you can't forget, like I said earlier, injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. It's plaguing the entire league right now. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, Harden, he's really hurt himself in a way that he's not... It's like he's not even taking the game seriously. Like, you know, he did all this to get out of Houston, complaining and all that. But this dude is overweight. And he's not in basketball shape. I feel like when you get on the court and you have all this talent, but you're out of shape, you're not really taking your craft seriously. And I think that's part of why he got injured. Yeah, I mean, they have two MVPs on the court and all the social media is saying Durant versus the Bucks. Literally. And then he, he came back last game, last night, and it was like he wasn't even playing. Like, like he... Played all right, but he wasn't playing like James Harden. And then Kyrie's out. But also, it's just like, that Brooklyn Nets team is, it it's good, but it has a lot of holes. And I honestly feel like the Nets could have held out on that James Harden trade. Because I feel like they'd really be better off. Like Karis LeVert and Jared Allen? I mean, Jared Allen, he's, they need interior defense. Really, because Blake Griffin's been playing his role well, but I mean, when you're going up against Giannis and Brooke Lopez, you need some size in the paint. Yeah, I saw a stat where throughout the series, Giannis has been taking closer and closer shots every single game. Like his average shot distance has been getting closer. Last game, it was like six feet was his average shot distance. Six feet. The first game, it was like 11 feet. If they had some solid interior defense, I mean, like, not saying anyone could really stop Giannis, but even if you just get a little bit more interior defense, they're stopping them for just a couple more possessions. Nets are winning this series. Right, right. Um, And then you have the... Once again, Trey Young, Ice Trey, is cold, man. He is cold. You know, you got... A series where, you know, you have the Sixers trying to, (laughs) excuse me, sorry, you got some background sound. But, yeah, you have the Sixers as one of the favorites to win the league, right? And Trey Young is giving them a run for their money. Like, they could legitimately win this series because of the Hawks and Trey Young's performance. And I think that says a lot about, you know how good the Hawks are. Well, in my opinion, the Bucks and Nets series is the Easter Conference Finals. I'm already counting out the Sixers and Hawks, in my opinion. I don't really see how the Sixers could be down 3-2 to the Hawks right now and then expect to go and beat the Nets or the Bucks. Yeah, it's like... Unle- I mean, unless the Sixers really step up, you know? But, I mean, there's something with Doc Rivers and, and like, Losing in the second round. I mean, I don't even think it's the coach. Because if you look at the Sixers, Doc Rivers comes and they're the first seed, right? And they were a very good team in 
the regular season because of their defense, because Joel Embiid, he's having an MVP caliber year, and all of these things. But the problem with playoffs is people make adjustments, right? And you have, you know, Ben Simmons grabbing about 10 points a game, and he's supposed to be your second best player. And that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Because it's like, sure, Ben Simmons does what he knows he can do, which is play, make, defend, and get to the basket. But in the playoffs, these guys are sitting in the paint. They don't even have to sit in the, on the free throw line. He doesn't have any type of jump shot. And when players are playing you like that, you got Capella in the paint, you got John Collins. It's hard to have consistent good games in the playoffs. I mean, Trey Young is just stepping it up, dude. He's um I mean, he's just like really turning up. Like I saw another thing where the Hawks three point they didn't make as many three pointers per game until the playoffs. Like they're making way more than they did in the regular season. Like I was one of the games like John Collins made like like he was just a consistent three point shooter during the game. I was like, dang. Like this team I've never seen it's John hard Collins. to see yeah. it's hard to see them losing against the Sixers when they're making like every single one of the three pointers. Right. And then, you know, their core is really bring together too, you know, uh, bogey, you got Gallo, you know, all these guys, you know, stepping up in the playoffs, giving floor spacing. And then you can't forget about Capella. And Capella's performance this year is nothing new. If you saw him on the Rockets, even then he was grabbing rebounds, playing excellent defense. He's really a a premier center in that he can play his role really well. Yeah, I mean I feel like John Collins and Capella are almost the perfect people to have around Trey Young. High pick and roll, alley-oop, shoot the three, or even the midi, or the high floaters. I mean, come on. Yeah, and then the Clippers versus the Jazz series. That's that's a very up-and-down series just because, you know, Kawhi... In game six, he's he was out, and Paul George, he really stepped up. Like, if there's things that I could have guessed for game five of that series, it sure wasn't Paul George putting up like 30 and 15 with six assists or something like that. Like, he really played his butt off, and... I can I hope he can be consistent like this throughout the playoffs because I've always thought Paul George was a better player than he shows. Yeah, I mean, I've always honestly respected Paul George. I mean, I know what kind of player he could be. He has a game. It's just he hasn't been showing up. You know, playoff P, pandemic P, whatever they're calling him. He's getting all this slander. Every single bad move he makes is like exploded, you know? But for the playoffs, um, if you had to pick, right, and we talk about that Philadelphia and Hawks series, which do you think is the better matchup for either Milwaukee or, or Brooklyn? 
the better matchup? I think the better matchup is the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks, they just, they don't have an MVP caliber center, you know? I mean, Embiid versus Giannis is not something they want. I mean, yeah. for the for the for the Nets, they have Kevin Durant. Everything is pretty unfair when you're guarding Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can see arguments for both, but honestly, I'm gonna say the Hawks. I think they have. You know. I. Let me change my wording. I think the Hawks are a better team to match up for those teams. Just because I feel like their offense is more complete than the Sixers. The Sixers have some defense, right? Oh, what I meant is, like, the Hawks would lose to the to the. Nets. I know, like, yeah. They, like, yeah. the Bucks and Nets will want the Hawks. They don't want the Sixers. Yeah, and, and I, a better I disagree. Matchup, I disagree. A better matchup would be, be the, uh, the Sixers. I mean, if Kyrie comes back, we got Simmons guarding Kyrie. And then we got Embiid attacking their, the the Nets' interior defense, their paint, you know? But at the same time, it's like... They stretch the floor with Seth Curry. They got Matisse Thibel. They could put him on whoever. They still got Tobias Harris. On paper, they're a solid, solid, solid team to match up with either of the teams. It is true. They, they have that size. But I just... I don't know. Something gives me the the vibes that the Hawks would, would be a better matchup. I feel like, you know, especially with the way Trey's playing, you know, he would be a hard matchup for players. And then you have Capella in the paint, that rim protection we're talking about. You know, Kevin Durant trying to get to the basket. Capella's going to be there. You got Collins. Like, you know, eight. I I I think Trey Young has been doing well, but watch him get guarded by Drew Holiday. Clamps. He's still gonna put up numbers, but clamps. You think he would you think he would clamp Trey Young like he uh like he clamped Lillard in that one series? He's getting he's clamping him, bro. He is to me, he's like probably the best guard defender in the NBA. Hundred percent. So in my opinion. I mean that would make sense. But as of right now, who's your pick to to win it all? To you know, take a chip. Oh man, that's that's tough. But I need to see who wins the Milwaukee or Nets series. That'll really, I think, to me, that's who's winning it all. I personally, at this point in time, you know. Initially, I obviously had the Nets winning the NBA Finals, but with their current health and everything, I'd say I'm looking at that Utah versus Clippers series just because Utah, you know, you got Donovan Mitchell, you have Conley. Their team is about eight players deep who can really go get a bucket, play defense, do everything they need to do. And I feel like with with Brooklyn's lack of health and then, you know, their rim protection and Gobert against, you know, the Bucks, I feel like Utah is my pick right now to win because they have all the pieces. Okay, but 
who do you think is going to be in the finals? Like the two teams that are going to make it to the finals, the matchup. Well, obviously, you know, you got Phoenix in the conference and then you got I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Utah takes home this series against the Clippers, right? And so, if you're going Utah versus Phoenix, oh, that's tough. That's tough. But I got I got I still have to go with Utah in that situation just because I, they're more experienced as a team. Um Less injuries. Less injuries, exactly. I mean, the Suns lost Chris Paul due to COVID. Yeah, like, there's... The the Jazz are the closest to healthy out of all the remaining teams really right now, besides the Hawks, of course. And so, I got Utah. And then, if the Nets, you know, if I don't see a healthy Harden in Game 7, I'm going to have to say it's going to be... Utah and the Bucks, I really do, because the Nets just don't look the same as when they did in the beginning of the series. In my opinion, the matchup I think, if Kawhi if Kawhi Leonard comes back, it's gonna be Clippers in the finals. Clippers versus Bucks in the finals. That's your pick. Yes, sir. Okay. One last question. One last question I have for you. Out of all the players remaining right now, who has the most to lose? Most to lose? Man, that's a tough one. But I'll have to say either Giannis or Embiid. Why? I mean, Giannis has just constantly been out in and out. I mean, both players, both of these players constantly in and out of playoffs. The Sixers shouldn't even be down against the Hawks. They should not be down against the Hawks, and that just says a lot about the 76ers as, as a whole. And Embiid, he's an MVP caliber player. You know, like, he needs a better team around him. I mean, I'm not saying that the Sixers, the Sixers are a good team. They're just not performing to what they're supposed to be, you know? And then for Giannis, he has a team around him now. If he goes out and loses, he has the awards. He has two MVPs, a defensive player of the year. He has Middleton and Drew Holiday. He's got, I, I mean, even Brooke Lopez is playing well. Like, come on. He has to win now. He has to. I agree. Uh, you know, Giannis especially, he has the team. He has the fit. He needs to go out and win that series. And and uh, and I think if any year is a year for him to, to get a chip, I'd say this year is, is his opportunity. Get real with me real quick, Justin. What's a player that you love but you should hate? Should hate, but I love. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, I feel like I shouldn't hate him. Oh, I don't even know, dude. That's a hard question, man. He's got, I mean, like, the obvious one is like LeBron. 
I mean, he took away our freaking dream season, man. 73 and 9. <laughs> 73 and 9, and we lost. But you can't hate greatness. You can't, man. Look, that's all the time we got today. But we will see you on the flip side. Once again, I'm Cameron. And I'm Justin. And this is the Get Real Podcast. Get used to us, because we're going to be here for a while. Peace out, y'all.